Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Joe Troop from Che Apalache, your favorite Latin grass band. Joe and I had what might be the most whimsical jam to ever take place on the show, punctuated by some real thoughtful and convicting conversation. I'm really excited for you to hear it. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you where to hear more of Che Apalache's music and how to support Get Up in the Cool and get exclusive rewards. But first, here's my jam and chat with Joe Troop. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. 
Cameron DeWitt, thank you for having me. In my, in my basement. <laughs> Special it's basement a, episode. It's a nice place in a nice neighborhood in a cool town. I'm so relieved to hear you like just unironically say that because not everyone says that. No, it's a real deal, <laughs> yeah. man. It's a real deal. Unexpected real deal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I first heard, saw you and heard about you and heard your music because of the uh, Neotrad band competition at Clifftop this last year where your band won. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> As they say, the sun will shine on a dog's butt every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Got lucky. No, there was stiff competition. You were part of it. You know, it was a bunch of cool bands, but that was a much appreciated feather in our little yeah. cap. Yeah. Did, uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that that was your band's first time. Was that, that wasn't your that first was time. That was my second time at Clifton. But that was your band's first time. First time, yeah. yeah. In the States. In the States, uh, period. Yeah. Did they have a blast? Did they have a oh, great God. time? Clifftop was uh <laughs> Clifftop was where as a band we had like our epiphany. It was uh yeah. it was like uh, you know it was a dream of mine to have my, you know, my students that are my band, you know, now my colleagues, uh come to the Appalachian Mountains and, and go to a music festival like Clifftop and Galax. That's what I, I wanted that to happen, so it happened yeah. and, and when it was happening it was like surreal it was really happening it was just magic the whole time we were there it was like that's when we gelled they were like oh this is what you've been talking about all those years yeah. and i was like it's more than what i see i'm yeah, still yeah. like i i'm still <laughs> like enjoying it it's like it was just really special it was totally special so how did you how did you find um student how did you find i'm assuming you were teaching them bluegrass i was teaching them bluegrass and beyond bluegrass just basically the techniques involved in playing bluegrass instruments i would say but, how did they get interested uh these these young men from yeah. Buenos Aires. Well, let's see. Fr- the guitarist Franco Martino is uh, from Buenos Aires. His dad brought him up playing uh, Southern rock, so he was really good electric guitarist. And yeah. then he discovered uh, he came to a little jam. I was starting to get stuff going. You know, I even did a little mock festival called Galax Buenos Aires, and, <laughs> and he came and, and that's it. He was like, "Whoa, bluegrass! I gotta yeah. do that." The Mexican banjo player, Paul Andres Barjal Mateo, he was one of my students, and he came because he had heard uh, Victor Wooten. He was a, a bass player. You know, he was playing, studying slap bass. Yeah. And he heard Bela Fleck. Yeah. And he got obsessed with the banjo. He was like, yeah. whoa. And he wanted to play like Bela Fleck. And I was like, well, to do that, you've got to play bluegrass. So he had never heard the word bluegrass, again, yeah. for example. And then... Uh, it's like, what are you talking about, bluegrass? What you yeah. I was like, bluegrass <laughs> is a... Well, that technique corresponds with the genre yeah. and, you know, the Appalachian Mountains. And he was just unaware of it. He just liked the sound of the banjo. And then yeah. Martin is the oddball in the group because he was self-taught bluegrass musician that learned oh, off of YouTube. So when he showed up, he already had a really like very good level of, of playing bluegrass, and it was just a matter of like talking about the codes and you know ensemble. Yeah. And he was playing anyway. So I met them all it, because they all wanted to study banjo with me, uh-huh. and then we ended up you know forming the band on our respective instruments. And right I was the, you know the, the you know I got stuck on fiddle, Martin got stuck on mandolin, Paul got stuck on banjo, Franco got stuck on guitar. I say it ironically, but that's kind of how it happened. It was just sure, like a sure. you know we all picked one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's that. Now, um, had you already... Well, I guess let's back... I, I want to learn how you got into playing uh, Latin genres of, of fiddle music. But yeah. maybe let's like go back farther. How did you get into playing traditional American music? Was bluegrass well, your first music? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't my first music. I studied uh, piano from... Incidentally, from a uh, Latin American named Federico Piveta, a uh, Venezuelan 
or was he Colombian? Uh, he's from Natnook and Cranny, and uh, he was my childhood piano teacher. So I learned from this Latin guy. He was a jazz specialist, but he was teaching me, quote unquote, classical music. We did it. He ran the gamut, but I had a good musical education going there. And then, when I was 13, my brother took me to a Doc Watson concert at a little, you know, in Deep Gap, North Carolina, just on the side of the road at a diner. And that's where I was like, okay, that's that's what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. And then I started taking banjo lessons. And I'm from Winston-Salem, so I got to study with Jody King and Gary yeah. Chilton and Craig Smith and all these amazing banjo players. And then along the line, along the way, I you know, I picked up fiddle and mandolin and guitar. And then I just ended up sticking with fiddle and banjo. And yeah, I get more gigs as a fiddle player, so I'm on, I play there you more go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how that happened. And then I went to Spain. When I was 18, so that's how the Latin thing comes yeah. into question. I did a study abroad, actually when I was 19, and uh, for two years, and I ended up living with Argentinians, and I because I saw a bandoneonista, guy playing this uh, Argentine bandoneon. Yeah. I was like, what is that? He said, it's tango. I'm from Buenos Aires, Argentina, blah, blah, blah. Ended up just, you know, kind of infatuated with uh, the sounds, gypsy sounds, harmonic minor scale modes that are common in tango and and European music both so that's that I mean and I eventually moved to Argentina eight years ago so that I mean playing Latin music because I hear it in my neighborhood every day and it's in my my, my, all of my social interactions they you know they listen to Musica Latinoamericana so it's just kind of it started happening you know in me like the change you get you, you hear it a lot and then you start doing it what, yeah, what specifically is the mu- the music you hear in your neighborhood? Like, well, my neighborhood because it's a big city center, so it's it's you know it's all Latinos. But there's a, you'll hear you know salsa and bachata, but you'll also hear reggaeton, you'll right? Hear cumbia, yeah. But then the musicians are playing tango, chamame, samba, chacarera, yeah, bossa nova, whatever. I mean, it's a, it, Buenos Aires has it all, and then it's also a huge destination. So you just uh, and I you know I'll hear like Janeira. Uh, Venezolana just walking down the street sometimes you'll hear street musicians awesome. playing and you're like oh that dude's from Venezuela he's killing it because Buenos Aires is a is a, you know, one of the big metropolises I guess America. I guess I'm just curious because um, you know because it's a metropolis like mm-hmm. what you know how are people approaching music there like are people it sounds like there's a lot of rich traditional music there it's not just all people like pretty it's not like necessarily music industry no music industry is very fledgling down there okay and very in the hands of few so it's uh you know kind of like that art for art's sake but there's a lot of teachers yeah and the and the, and the players have their peñas which is like basically where you get together and you throw down and you play the music that you play yeah. but it's not like there's a huge music scene there's just not an economy to support that kind of thing what do the what do like the kids listen to and there's a lot of fluff too you know there's like cumbia the cumbia like colombian cumbia where cumbia is from is really awesome but then like what they call you know like cumbia villera cumbia from uh, like the buenos aires suburbs and from it's just kind of like cheese ball pop you know what i mean it's like it's not i mean they're good rhythms and everything but it's just kind of like uh it's 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 one of those it's it's like pop of anywhere i don't, sure, I don't i'm sure. trying to look for an analogy here but not yeah. coming up with one at the moment <laughs> But uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff. Like there's these sacred uh, music uh, areas in Argentina, like the northwest and the northeast, where the where they produce their own music that's crazy, awesome. And then then they'll have, of course, you know, they'll splice it with cumbia, which is the rhythm that sells. Yeah. More. So, but uh, there's this, that, and the other. But you know, in Argentina, just on the streets, you hear predominantly cumbia is like the big sensation down there. Mm. It's not the best cumbia. The best cumbia is like from the hills of. Colombia, but 
but you get but the rhythm is like you get that all day long i'm not very familiar with cumbia no it's not in north america there's not that much of it it's not you know it's a more about to go down the rabbit hole right after this yeah yeah it's you know south america is cumbia like the whole continent excluding brazil i believe i don't know how big their cumbia scene is cool but yeah I have a lot of more questions for you, but let's play let's play Silly Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me get into G real quick. Yeah, go for it. Sometimes the bear eats you. <laughs> oh, silly Bill. Oh, silly Bill. <laughs> Bill. So yeah. whenever um, whenever I meet people that play a, a tradition um, that they don't have specific cultural ownership of or heritage of, yeah. I always want to ask, like, what is it like um, playing music uh what is it like playing music with people who do own that that culture, who do own that music? Like, um, do you ever meet any resistance? Is it hospitable? What is it like playing uh, I, I, Latin music with uh, people who may feel like they have more ownership of it than you? Well, sometimes, yeah, especially when I when I sing <clears throat> tango. Yeah, you know, I get mixed reactions. Some people are like, you know, that's awesome. And other people are like, no, you just can't do that. No, because you're not you're not from here. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. 
But I usually think they're schmucks, the ones that think like that, because that would be akin to me saying, no, you can't sing bluegrass or old time. You right. can't sing in English because it's not your language. It's like, I, don't, I just don't, I'm, I don't think that do way. You, do you think it's more of a, more of a pretension as opposed to a, like a fear of colonization or something? Uh, no, I don't think it's a fear of colonization. I think it's just a, yeah, it's a, it's a pretension. It's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, of course the fact that I'm from the United States and I would sing tango is, it's weighted because of sure. you know, American, American mingling and, right. and, you know, Latin American dictatorships and, and whatnot, you know, CIA, uh, yeah. kind of, you know, masterminded right. like Operation Condor and everything. So Argentina has been kind of, you know, now our histories are very entwined. So they might, but then, but then they get to know me and I, you know, I'm, I'm being porteño. I mean, I've been there eight years and, yeah. I, and I'm not just like you regular tourist. I paid my right. dues. So I'm like, right. I'll defend myself. I'm like, if I'm going to sing Dagon, I can sing Shokanto Tango. Yeah. I can do it if I want to. So uh, the attitude isn't like, oh, you're appropriating this. It's like, oh, nah. that's not real tango because you're a gringo or well, something. Well, it's really not. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, a lot of what I do is fusion from the get go anyway. And also, okay. like, in, if I'm playing a chamame rhythm on, on fiddle, like, uh, kind of stuff is just you know i'm just uh, making those rhythms but it's not really ever played on fiddle okay no violin in those traditions whatsoever maybe in chacarera or samba so but i don't know i just you know take those liberties and do what i want and and do the sound and people are usually open-minded about it so uh yeah but most of most of the exploration especially on on banjo that i would do of of these genres of course there's no banjo right right but it sounds hip yeah (laughs) but there is an age of exploration and buenos aires is a very good city for fusion you know so Cool. Yeah. Most people in Buenos Aires are pretty cool with the fusion concept. So uh, on the flip side, um, t- taking all of these uh, s- South American men to the States yeah. and uh, doing your um, Che Apalache yeah. uh, music, your, your fusion music, like what's been the response um, Oh, here? it's been great. It's been yeah. huge. Yeah, which is so cool. I mean, people like the fact that we're just so globalized i mean we are just this kind of like anomaly i guess but it's real i mean it's like an authentic anomaly we're not trying to be anything we're just kind of a natural expression of what we live yeah and it's uh you know it was an idea but it was an idea that actually when we started working on the idea it was like because i was teaching them traditional bluegrass and we were playing traditional bluegrass and the idea was like the the what was so hip about the idea was having in Latin America a legit bluegrass band. That was the yeah. first goal. And when that <laughs> happened, that was already like, wow. And that, then, yeah. then it was like the idea of coming here was going to be special just by the fact that we were a Latin American bluegrass band. But it wasn't enough. It was like we need to really play Latin music. And that's when we started yeah. doing that. And that's when it took off. It's like it came out so naturally because yeah. that's what everyone is. Yeah. And that's what I have am slowly like becoming, you know, because of yeah. cultural uh I don't want to say assimilation. Yeah, well so is that a, is that is that one of those weighted terms in English? No, appropriation is the weighted term. I think acculturation? Yeah, is acculturation. that the the positive way of Yeah. I mean, it's I the, don't know. it's the thing that happens to you when you spend like 3,600 yeah. days and nights in a certain culture. Yeah. <laughs> inevitably you start you do yeah. start to morph unless you I mean, so that I've I've watched my, in myself that tendency grow and the musical understanding of polyrhythm. It was never like even that something I studied. It's just something that started happen, happening from exposure to it, yeah. you know, so anyway. 
Right on. Yeah, so the reaction here, the response to this band is is really great. It's really special. It's freaking awesome. We are, of course, playing the instrumentation from here, which is the weird part. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And, the, and and they, as people, are, are very rare, like a Latin American. That's studying the techniques from yeah. Appalachia is just a weird thing. I think that's kind of the... The thing that's missing from a lot of uh, fusion music, I feel like a lot of a lot of fusion music that I've heard, it seems like the goal from the get go is to play is to fuse. Yeah, um, like like that was your idea all along is to appropriate. But the idea that yeah, you had this these was, this was an accident. these guy yeah that you had these guys who were like no I want to learn straight up bluegrass. Yeah. And then you, through, you know, just through eight years, like, you know, absorbing, like, Latin music. And then it's like, oh. Well, I, this- I, I simultaneously was working with this bass player where our prerogative was to fuse. I mean, like, he was already proficient. Diego Sanchez, you know, ex- the, the guy that never, no one's ever heard of, but he's like an Edgar Meyer protege bassist. Mm. And he was, at the time, the only competent bl- banjo player, bluegrass banjo player in Argentina. He's like, yeah. f- he's older than me. He's in his 40s. But the guy exists, and, yeah. he, and that, so I was getting my jollies out with Diego doing all that stuff yeah. for seven years. And my students were like, "Well, we're gonna," ha-, and then I'll have my bluegrass band for in-town gigs. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I have a bluegrass band in Buenos <laughs> Aires. That was like, and then Diego and I, you know, went on hiatus, and then it was like the Chiapalache started being what it is, and it just it was it was crazy to live that. You know, those few yeah. months was like, oh my god, this is real. I thought it was good. I didn't anticipate that it was going to be so natural. That's that's where we, that's where we realized that the four of us have a, a really interesting creative spark creative yeah. because we're not like defined to anything because clearly even the instrumentation we're using to play this music doesn't have anything to do with it so it's like yep yeah boundless creative creative possibilities yeah uh, yeah it was definitely uh you could tell like you know because in the the neotrad competition there's it's always like half and half like pickup band and then there'll be like a few people who are just like no we've been doing this for a while you know and like pe- you can tell when people have been playing together for like a long time and when you guys have been like uh just sort of sharing your musical lives with each other and uh yeah and that's doing a- mutual studying yeah of each other's and, music, I, and i would know? say that that's that now since clifftop now it's really i mean we just finished up a 25 gig tour in four weeks and i mean so now we're really like we're learning how to live with one another because it's like a very extensive uh i mean and it's and it's working it's better than it was even then i mean if we looked connected at clifftop now we're i think we're more connected it's kind of it's crazy how uh because i've been in a lot of bands and there's always some sort of there's fluidity difficulties but i think just the given the nature of the band it, it works uh on a human level just so Unlike any other project I've ever been in, it's it's crazy. Just yeah. that this is meant to, to keep going, you know. That's the feeling we all get. It's like no one's at each other's throats, basically. Yeah. In a group of four Just people, grateful to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're all, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We, we all have to. We also had the you know to go through the, the visa. Oh my getting visa. I mean, we there's a lot of obstacles against us from the get go. So just getting here is such a privilege. We're just so happy that it's even yeah. happening. It's like. We're gonna have fun, you know what I mean. We got to make that process easier for people. <laughs> like, well, people like you would have it be easy from the get go. It's made difficult by, I don't know, just history. It's yeah, one, 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 totally flawed thing after another. I was just um, working on um, writing a letter of recommendation for 
uh, a former guest of the show who's from uh, Malawi. And um, Whoa. to try to get a P3 visa. Yeah, I think that's the one. I don't remember. Or an O. It maybe. was an O. Okay, because he must be revered in his country as a... Pr- he is. Okay, well, then he can get the O. He, got, he was getting the O. And See, the so, thing I guess does is no one's going to be revered as a bluegrass musician in a country right. where these <laughs> instruments aren't even played. It was like P3 was our only yeah. option. Those visa categories are crazy, man, too. The slants you have to give oh them. But, but Yeah, the, it was super specific, and, he's, and he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, I've... Uh, I've gotten so many letters that I've thought are like, wow, what a great letter. And then I give them to the, you know, the artist service agency. Yeah. And then they're just like, nope, this isn't going to do it. It's like, I don't know what they want. It's like, I had to gather those letters and I got some great help from some great people. But of course it's kind of like, Hey person, I don't know. Please write a compelling story about this band that you don't know. And it's also a slant. Like usually P3 is reserved for people that are in their, in their native countries doing something that's emblematic of that culture. Oh, man. So we were not, we were a stretch, but there was a good team of uh, artist services yeah. behind us in the USCIS, you know, approved it. And uh, anyway, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's like the world doesn't want you to be what you are. No. Really. You're always expected to be something that's. You have to make a case. You have to make a case, yeah. Bureaucracy <laughs> is all about making a case. Yeah. But, you know, it can be done. Believe you me, the odds were against us, but yeah. it can be done. I'm so, so glad you guys made it work. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Should we play Sandy Riverbell? Yeah, sure. Sandy Riverbell, I'm going to leave you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 
fun. <laughs> Hope that was fun for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Oh god, sorry. It's good, Ben. The old old time police rolling in their graves. Oh lord, so good. Yeah. Well, I'm not an old time musician. I want to consider myself an old time musician. Clifftop has sparked that in me. Yeah. I wanna I wanna straddle the line. At Galax, the line is not so defined. Right. right. That's right. I still have never been to Galax. You should come this year. Yeah, maybe I will. It's a cool. It's a good like. It's right. Antithesis after, to it's yeah, it's directly right? like you drive down the mountain. Oh man. It, I mean, it's worth. Maybe it's, I will. Yeah, it's really worth coming. It's a whole. It's a contrast. That's for sure. It's not as comfortable. You're not in like a beautiful forest. You're in a sweltering hot field. There's no shade. I think it's like culturally less comfortable too. It depends on I, who you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel. I've heard there's a lot of stars and bars. Is there a lot? There of stars are a lot of stars and, and okay. bars. Yeah. So yeah, it's discomforting, but it is. I mean, dealing with it, there's merit to it. I don't know. Sure. Because I, 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 so, I'm I'm so accustomed. You know, I'm from right. around there, so I'm so used to that. Uh, and it's just a front. It's like an act. It's like right. a club for most people. Uh, p- people right. feel like they're entitled to their own beliefs more than they really. Well, I hate that. Actually, I shouldn't say it like that. I I just don't believe people really believe in what they believe they believe in. Yeah, it's like a rhetorical totally. Game. I mean, it's just a bunch yeah. of cir- It's like yeah. the the South has always been pretty grotesque in its expression of identity, but in its essence, it's like you know just confused. So I mean, a lot of you can watch the <laughs> manifestation of that confusion at Galax, but within yeah. <laughs> but within that, you'll also find all kinds of uh stories and and people that work you know at meatpacking plants for 40 years and then they buy their rv and they get to go and they're really not you know, salt of the earth people uh, it's also socioeconomic socioeconomically very different than yeah clifftop, clifftop has a this is it's a very wealthy group of people it's probably a lot of master's degrees of yeah clifftop. it's a it's it's a it's a <laughs> if, middle if class occasion yeah. upper middle class occasion and, yeah. and, and and so a lot of those people have never ever in their lives tried to be amongst people of a different social class yeah. though they expels very leftist views it's like yeah. they're unwilling to even spend a week camping with people with whom they can't that's that's like the antithesis of diplomacy i think yeah totally so that yeah shame on that yeah go to galax like put your money where your mouth is uh-huh. can you deal with it can you figure it out yeah it's hard yeah, yeah i mean i'm gay so i'm a galax you know i have to <laughs> And I'm also with a group of Latin Americans, and yeah. and actually have we have found nothing but love, believe it or not. Yeah, and everyone is open to more than you'd think. I mean, you just can't yeah. judge a book by its cover, but the totally. the cover you will see are Confederate flags. Yeah, and yes, there are loud, boisterous, uh, you know, highly arrogant, um, prejudiced people walking around. Yeah, but that's not the. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. A lot of people get turned off by that. God knows I turned off. But I I live 5,000 miles away. So when when it's in my face, I don't feel like it's... You get to have like a nuanced opinion about it because you get to like dip in when you want and then yeah. look and then even though break. you know my family is 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 is, is part of that you know I'm, yeah. I'm from multi generational North Carolina Tennessee yeah. you know that's but that's where that's my stomping grounds I'm well aware of of these cultural tendencies but there's a lot of kids that live in those cultural tendencies yeah. you know yeah. and they need other people to like be bastions of a of a alternative and that's they're not they never see that you have to yeah. realize that i don't think anyone ever goes into those communities 
Yeah, but you just, you know, you got to be careful. And then law enforcement's walking around. You got to be careful about what you do. If you do, you know, if you smoke pot or something out in the yeah. open, you can't do that there. Interesting. You, I mean, you, you, you get thrown in jail. And, At Galax. Yeah, you'll get throw, kicked out and probably yeah. taken to the state. Yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, so, it, but it's a it's a really depressed economy, Galax. You go in there, uh, I don't know, like at Clifftop, there's hardly any locals. Right. And Galax is largely locals. Yeah. So what's more authentic? Right. Just on a geographic, like, yeah. I mean, you'll have people that are eating. I just found that so odd about clifftop even though i love it don't get me wrong i'm gonna yeah. go back every year in my life i love it there and i love the, being able to talk about you know uh the, the world sure but on a but I, I do i do see that like that but but also galax needs uh um gay blue bluegrass musicians yeah. to show up and yeah like, and there are and, a lot and i mean that more than you'd think I mean, there's. It's not like you you have your parade, but everyone's knowledgeable about. It. Right. Everyone there knows I'm gay. I mean, yeah. they, they've known me it's for awesome. years. They don't give a shit. Yeah. They 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 might be uncomfortable with it, but sure. they don't give a shit. That's another thing about Galax is when you walk in there, people are willing to not give a shit because they're so thirsty for an for a week of peace from their yeah. sometimes mundane lives you yeah. know not all of them are hedonists like me that get to like <laughs> rove roam around the world and do whatever the hell they want yeah yeah i yeah. just uh you know they they you know they are from areas that you know that you know their parents didn't put them through college like mine did i mean it's just a whole different world so just a little bit of except yeah. you know it's like there's just a difference there yeah. Clear as day. And probably they're not listening to a podcast. Maybe not. I think maybe I need to do maybe I need to come do some podcast episodes in Galax. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the thing the is we step. there's yeah. no way for us to rope in the other Oh god. I could talk about this for hours. I don't This is do great. That. This is great. I love uh That's the one the one thing at Clifftop I noticed a lot of snootiness that would there but that a kind of a kind of behavior, a snootiness that is not tolerated actually in a lower socioeconomic class. Yeah. That kind of behavior is considered so rude yeah. that it's just directly not tolerated. You would get, you know, just shunned. You'd yeah. get aggressively spoken to, you wouldn't and but that and that but you know, I don't I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's definitely. It's interesting to see people like the. Everyone who highly regards their own opinion, you know, because on both sides, both at Clifftop and Galax, there's a lot of people who really think their opinions are something special. Yeah, yeah. But they could use a lot of uh, lost people to come in there and be just like whatever. And those yeah. are always my like favorite characters because they don't really, had they can't clearly define their experience in the world. They're just kind of like blobbing around like i'm just i am you know we're just kind of blobbing around and that guy thinks that okay he feels very strongly about that that gal thinks that she feels very strongly about that whatever thinking feeling very strongly about something seems kind of the problem mm. in general god but then there's certain things you should care <laughs> yes, <more. laughs> never mind yeah never mind never mind that monologue just got sh- i'll shoot that one down myself i disagree with what i just said but i also agree with it I, th- I feel like I know what you mean. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about social literacy and, like, is a big thing and, like, the, the difference between your um, projected identity and, uh, and I I heard recently, like, the, the phrase, there. this is specifically, obviously we're talking about more than just race relations and stuff, but this, like, dichotomy of uh, 
that in in the south uh it's hate the race love the people and in the north in the north it's love the race hate the people totally <laughs> and that like idea just sort yeah. of like blew my mind that like oh man that is like i a- noticed those things when i travel around new yeah. england and and when i'm north of the mason dixon yeah. line I, it's like it's culturally distinct you know that's why but i will i would like to you know make you know, everyone who plays this music should you know realize that it's appalachian music form uh-huh. mostly southern music yeah form. so that the same problems that you know spark all kinds of social turmoil also have this like i mean just because it's it's the the, the area is so laden with like grotesque uh cultural weirdness i don't know social problems yeah. that also produced this music i don't know you gotta you gotta see it for what it is don't try to like yeah, totally. don't try to put it in some like library right it doesn't belong in a library no. it, beli- it belongs in uh, like uh, like a i don't know a puddle yeah it sounds more muddy, akin to like fermentation or yeah, something yeah like, or <laughs> like, corn liquor or something yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not yeah. supposed to be in an archive yeah if i mean you can put I mean, thank god it's been archived you know sure so, you know what i mean but at the same time yeah know it for what it is too because it's still a wild animal it's not like a house mm. cat it's like a a smelly old bear <laughs> just kind of like bumbling around you know that's what it really is and that's why it's so fun yeah because it's not an it's not a librarian it's no. a it's a it has been bitten by a lot of other animals and insects and it always manages to yeah, soil itself just a little bit. It's not that clean. Oh Doesn't shower regularly. This is this is one of the best metaphors that's come up on the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Appalachian music is a smelly old bear. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. It uh, is. Yeah. A nice smelly old bear. A sweet smelly old bear. Yeah. No. <laughs> not a mauling. No. Like a mean old bear. <laughs> A friendly old bear too. It's an old one, it's old. so it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna get to D real quick. Okay. And think more about that Y team. I feel like when I when I first started when I first started this podcast, like it it was like I was like a kid who like idolized his parents. Like when like Clifftop is like I we're not Clifftop, but like old time music is like, oh yeah, like I have the perfect family and like you know, <laughs> and then as I've been doing this and like doing all these interviews, and, and talking to people with different experiences, you know, and then it's like, oh, then I learned that my uncle did this bullshit, and mm. then like my <laughs> mom and dad have these skeletons, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, but it's like, I feel like I love this music more, but like feel like i love it more and sometimes my my ability to like it is varying a lot or like it as a whole Yo, yeah you know that's what, what that's what that's yeah that's a, it's a it's a real experience it's like yeah. any human experience is worth anything like yeah. it, it puts you through the gamut of you know love hate and everything's in between and on each side yeah. and beyond it's good to feel above it's good to feel <laughs> Yeah, it's good to feel. <laughs> yeah. It's good to have to like work yeah. through stuff. It make, keeps you on your feet. It makes you ponder. It makes you question yeah. and think. It's like if it were all easy. Well, I mean, 
I rejected Appalachian music completely for several years. I had to to save myself. I had to go yeah. and reflect in a very foreign place and right. just like get away from it because it was like it was I, it was my first identity, and then I felt rejected by it, and then yeah. and then I came back, you know, crawling back to it like you know, I'm sorry, I missed you. You know, it's like it <laughs> is what it you. is. Yeah, there's no, it's not, it's it's, it's not pristine. Yeah. That's what's that's what makes every like real traditional. You can pick them one by one. I've been I've you know been around and have very closely analyzed a few other musical traditions. You can only do it with so many. You know, there's not enough time in life. Yeah. But, you know, like flamenco, like being in southern Spain and going to tablaos yeah. and working with flamenco musicians. You start seeing they've got skeletons in the closet too. Yeah. Tons of social problems. They're very different social problems that are surrounding those musical genres and you know it's played largely by gypsies and then right. you know uh, female musicians could never hang out with male musicians yeah. like in the Appalachian they could envy the Appalachian tradition in my in, in that respect you yeah. know what I mean that's what's so it's intergenerational it's played by all uh, you know it's played by both men and women yeah. boys and girls you know so I mean you know you I just you take it for what it is but idealizing it is yeah. kind of weird that puts it in an archive yeah. that's why it becomes yeah, like yeah, totally it, the the fear the real fear of any music is that it should become academic and when that happens it's just un like unsettling settlingly boring to listen to <laughs> so as long as it's still yeah. feral uh you know it's it's hip even if it's just got a little bit of that, because I'm not exactly like a wild beast. I live in a big city. Sure. I'm as bougie as they come. I teach, <laughs> you know, mostly middle-class people how to play thing music from right. places they don't even live. So it's, I, I don't know, I'm not one to talk, but, you know. Hmm. I did have a potato field one time. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should play music. Got <laughs> potato field cred. I have had soil on my little dainty fiddler fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky Waltz? Yeah. And your warm embrace 
so many mistakes in that but that's got to be the one because of that car alarm playing the five chord. yeah it was pretty awesome <laughs> i hope that comes soon <laughs> in the recording yeah oh my god that was fun very good do you want to do it again <sighs> let's just have a backup <laughs> just okay. in case it, in case it doesn't it was through. it was fresh though it was awesome i messed up too i don't know it could stay do you would you want to have a backup no, let's just keep it in. Okay. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. This is what the podcast yeah, is the for. Yeah, the podcast is like accepting the fact that you're clearly not perfect at anything, either at talking <laughs> or at playing. Yeah. That's why we're, there's no studio time that we're paying for. Yeah. There's no overhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. I wish I had played. I don't even remember what I wished I had done at this point, but I know I wished at the moment that I hadn't or had done something. Whatever. I wish I had remembered the two chord. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we know we're being recorded that's what's uh, that's what's yeah. happening you know yeah the human mind is not it's not able to to well maybe it is maybe you can train yourself not to be aware of those kind of things i think uh often there's like a typical well i don't know if how i feel about saying that a typical guest on the show like an old time just like an old time fiddler um, who more or less plays the tune every, the same way every time? Yeah. And there's like, there's a there's a lot less conversations about like, oh, should we do a retake or something? Be- uh, uh, yeah. But whenever I have professional musicians on, that always is like, that's when like you start hearing that because that it's it's the ability to like, oh, what could have been hypothetically, yeah. but with but most old time musicians are like, that's the way I play it. That's yeah, the only totally, way it could totally, have been. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is always an interesting interesting yeah dynamic. still that was candid that was very candid yeah <laughs> what we just did <laughs> so i like it i do too yeah it's got it has uh it has grease on it <laughs> it's good everyone it loves stays. A little grease. yeah everyone loves a little grease yeah. are you vegetarian no okay yeah i'm not either but i'm supposed to be you're supposed to be yeah it says here it says my my ideal self to me oh okay. my non-ideal self <laughs> Yeah, it's not happening. We're always having this, like, diplomatic... Well, it's not very diplomatic. We're always at odds with one another. My ideal self and my and your me. Your super ego. Yeah, my super ego. And your sub ego. Yeah. <laughs> your head. Yeah. Yeah. They're always at odds. Mm. Oh. We got one tune left. Okay. Um, but before we do that, where do... 
Where do people give you money for your goods and services? Oh, well, that's on Wednesdays after 10 o'clock okay. on uh, Corrientes. Y de, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> that would be, you can check out my website, www.joetroop.com. That's www.joetroop.com. That's my page, and there's bling on there. You can buy CDs and uh, T-shirts and stuff and have them shipped you know, even though I have to leave my poor father in charge of the shipping while I'm in Argentina. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I haven't worked out the, uh, you know, by by the time I get back, because I'm about to go back to Argentina, yeah. and I'm going to come back for, like, right before Clifftop with our band. Oh, yeah, Che Apalache. We're going to be playing coast to coast mm. all across the United States, California, potentially Colorado, all up and down the East Coast. Uh, between July and October. So yeah. check out that band, uh, www.cheapalache.com. www.cheapalache.com, yeah. All of this is linked in the in the show notes. Just tap around on your phone or on your on the Facebook or wherever you're listening to this and uh, until you get there. So. Yeah. And if there's any octogenarians... Uh, in the audience, you're you're also welcome to call my phone or text it. Actually, I'm not going to say. It. Yeah, well, I might as well. Three three six eight three one seven six zero one. I'll repeat that. Self doxing yeah. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, you can you can call my cell phone, and yeah. I may or I probably won't answer because I'll probably not be in the country. But eventually, I'll respond if yeah. you know how to text. <laughs> There's this thing called text messaging on your phone. <laughs> You can send written messages on your phone to other people. It sounds crazy, but it started as pandering and turned into some real patronizing. (laughs) Yes. I'm saying it to my former self because Uh, I've I've only had a smartphone for like three months. So, yeah, anyway, no patronizing. (laughs) I hope they'll get, I hope you'll get a kick out of that. I I think they will. Okay. It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. So buy Che Apalache CD and you can buy my CDs. All on my website. And, and, and uh, call you on the phone. And call me on the phone. <laughs> and write emails. There's these things called emails now. All right. <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy. <laughs> you type into a screen that has a keyboard on it. It's called a computer. Very, yeah, now it's just like gotten way out of line. Uh, I really, really like playing with you, Joe. I like playing with you, Cameron. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for yeah coming. This is delightful. Yeah. Thanks for having me. What do you want to do for your last... Say darling play. Buy you a looking glass, see, darling.
buy you a billy goat. See, darling, see. And I got a billy goat on the book. Daddy's gonna buy you a Chevrolet truck. See, darling, Che Apalache is touring all over the U.S. from July through October, so make sure and see them when they come to town. They have some space in their schedule for extra gigs, so if you want to book them, reach out and let them know. In the meantime, you can go to joetroop.com and cheapalache.com to buy all their music, and don't forget to like and follow them on Facebook. If you want to support Get Up In The Cool, tell a friend. Make a post online. Get the word out. I know for a fact that not everyone who would love this show knows about it yet. Also, give Get Up In The Cool a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because it helps the show's visibility. But if you really love this show and want to ensure its health and long lifespan, support Get Up In The Cool on Patreon. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the Patreon button. There, you can support the show at different levels, each with a different reward, like on-air shoutouts, weekly bonus tracks, monthly online banjo workshops, and access to the Get Up In The Cool tune archive if you're interested in downloading every tune and song ever played on the show, separated from the dialogue and tagged for your iTunes library. Special thanks to my most recent Patreon supporters, Theodore Klein, hey, thanks, Ted, and Mark Wardenberg, who raised his pledge amount and now has access to the tune archive. Thank you both so much. I literally use that money to feed my family now, so it really means a lot. And thanks again to all my Patreon supporters. I couldn't do this without you. 
But the Patreon method isn't for everyone, so I want to offer two new ways to support the show. Now that I live on my Patreon income, my ability to funnel that money back into the show has significantly decreased, but there are still some things I would like to improve. For instance, I would really like to record the show on Ear Trumpet Lab microphones. The sound quality would dramatically increase, but they're not a purchase I can just make on a whim. So, if you would like to directly support the quality of the show, you can now purchase a year's worth of Get Up In The Cool's Patreon rewards at a time. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the link that says Store. There you'll find the four available Patreon rewards offered in bulk at a discounted price. While you're there, buy a telegram. Choose a personal option and you can write a little note for me to read on the air during the intro to someone who listens to the show or choose the promotional option and I'll read some ad copy for your business, website, band, Kickstarter, whatever you're working on. All that, once again, is available at CameronDeWitt.com via the store button. And everything mentioned in this outro can be found in the show notes on your device or on Get Up In The Cool's Facebook page, which you should like and follow. I have another podcast called Think Outside The Box Set. It's a lot less reverent than Get Up In The Cool, but equally thought-provoking and also musical in nature. It's updated every Monday in all the same places you can find this show. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool. 